everybody. Welcome to Nexus at Night. I have uh, gained and lost the same five pounds for the last ten years. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rupier and same. Dude, right? It's the worst. <laughs> you just... Every time you go to the doctor, they're like, hey, you lost five pounds. I'm like, it'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, at the start of the quarantine, I lost five pounds. I have since gained it back. And then some. No, I only gained the five pounds. Oh, lucky. It's good. <laughs> the problem is I still never dropped my f freshman 15 from college. Ah, oh, that's the kicker. There you go. Oh, big oof. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, this week on the show, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, investing in Vanguard and uh, where the game is going to go. When it comes with uh, it comes to like promos and reprinting, and let's sh let's just get into it. So, where do we want to start? Yes. So, our Go friend on. James has posited that it's not particularly worthwhile investing in Vanguard because, like, the rate of support makes it so that it's very quick to power creep a deck out of the meta. Like, within month your deck could be completely irrelevant so you know you're still paying like hundreds of dollars for these cards only for a lot of that value to just disappear here in the blink of an eye and so especially you know with the current world situation we're in we people haven't been able to play cards physically and it kind of begs the question like is it worth investing in vanguard when or is it worth investing in physical cards for Vanguard when, like, all that loses value so quickly? In these trying times, is it worth it to... <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, I mean, the my philosophy on whether card games are worth investing in was never so much about getting money from the card game. I treated it like you would any other hobby, which is hobbies cost money and mm -hmm. uh i'm likely to lose money on that but i get the enjoyment out of playing the game and making decks and seeing friends that the monetary cost doesn't really matter to me as much now when it comes to how much i can spend on the game that fluctuates based on income <laughs> not so much mm -hmm. uh the meta or what's going on and i think that has made me more durable to uh, you know, things that would normally cause someone to leave the game. Um, the only time I've left Vanguard was uh, right before Legion era started because I was like, oh, it's two cards on the Vanguard circle? This will never do. Um, <laughs> That's not even a good reason. A I know, reason right? Was them not? was them just like... Because people were like, well, how does this work with Cat Butler? Like, immediately. Like, immediately as they, um, they present Legion, people are like, what about Cat Butler? Like, pretty much, like, no, like, waiting. <laughs> but what's funny is that that wasn't the original reason for me to do it. It was after I had left, and I was like, so, how's it going over there? And they were like, so you remember Cat Butler? I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, it turns out it's broken. I'm like, oh, good, that justifies it to myself, then. <laughs> um, yeah. And the other thing was them just stopping Legion's support after only about half the clans actually got it. Oh man, that was oh, good shit. And they started it doing was... like promo, promo legions. Those were yeah. They just started chucking legions at random things. Yeah, fuck you, yeah, cracking like, you beast tamer. You get a legions like Oprah. 
<laughs> Except you're all promos, and you have to chase down all the promos. Yeah. What's yeah. funny is that the, the, the Legion that Great Nature got was really good. Like... It, it was such an afterthought, but it gave you it gave you a counter charge. It gave you draw. It was it was such a such a good legion. I loved that thing. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's it does not... bring up mm-hmm. an- another thing we wanted to talk about, which is Bushiro's habit of putting essential cards in promos. Oh yeah, um, we have done an episode on promos in general called the problem with promos i think it's from like a year ago or something i'll put a link to it in the show notes if you want to go check it out but uh we 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 talked about this a little bit where because bushi goes all right here are promos and they're not really it's not really concrete how you get them some are shop promos some are box toppers some are if you go to this regional you get one in a game where you're supposed to run four of something um And Sometimes they're in, like, magazines. In magazines? God, magazine promos. Even with Yu-Gi-Oh, I remember going to, like, Barnes & Noble, and, like, you go looking for the mangas with the cellophane still on them, and you're like, all right, who hasn't cracked these sons of bitches yet? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's also hard in terms of tracking it down, because the when you look up something on, like, the Wikia, for Vanguard, and it just says, it's a promo! You're like, yeah, but from where? They're like, from from the, pro- the all the promos ever. The promo link. Yeah. Promo and link, then, it's over there. Of course, there's also the fact that Bushiroad isn't guaranteed to port these promos to the English side of the game. Whoa, 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 whoa. They, they get around to it eventually. Like, it only took, um... Um... What was that guy's name? <laughs> Which it one? only took, uh, how, how long did it take, uh, Were Tiger Jaeger the first time? Oh, God. I think we didn't get him until they just put him in a main set. They did. That's what happened. Um, <laughs> Incredible. And he was great. I loved him. That, that, yeah. uh, that Bladewing deck was so fun. Yes, it was. But yeah, that, uh, Mr. Time Leap recently made a video about that, too, where he basically covered this particular issue and kind of went over what would be acceptable for a promo and what wouldn't be. And, you know, the general idea is, like, bad cards, because if the card's bad, nobody cares. Reprints, because there's just more copies of that card in circulation now, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if it's a promo or not, or just, like, alternate arts. So if you're doing some sort of crossover event, you just print Blaster Blade with whatever art of the thing you're crossing over with. Or he's holding Blaster Dark Sword also, or something. Um, the We'll put a link to that video in the description, too, because yeah. that um, was, was a big uh, reason behind covering this again. But uh, to have promos where... Um, in a game where they don't really have outside testing and they uh, don't seem to know what ends up being good or bad. I feel like they know these promos are stable for us because otherwise, like, like they're pretty consistently stable for our promos. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, randomly stable for our promos. There's not, like, oh, most of these promos are bad. No, they're, like, all stable for us. What, like, that, that elephant that is a quote-unquote great nature? 
It's definitely not great nature. <laughs> it looked like an animal. And it was six in the morning. Yeah, it's, uh... It's what? <laughs> it, it just can, it just happens too often, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it, it makes, they make them too sought after too quickly in a way that's not easy to find. Um, especially after the fact. Like, if someone goes, I want to pick this deck up, and they go, yeah, you need this promo, and it's like $12 for one on mm-hmm. a TCG player, and you need four of them. Yeah. Like, cool, $48 right there. I'm just going to include them in random things that, like, you know, two randomly in a box of a set, which may or may not be good. Mm -hmm. It'd be great. Everyone will have a great time and definitely want to purchase the set in mind. Well, the thing with, like, promos are supposed to be, like, reasons for you to go chase them. That being, you either buy the set, you show up at the locals, or you buy the manga. Um,. I'm not really sure what other scenarios, in, in, or you know, you go sign up to that for that regional. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's not really a lot of uh, other scenarios that involve you uh, getting a promo. So having them be reprints or bad cards makes people less likely to chase that, you know, insert money thing here for Bushiroad. So it seems like you would want to have. Uh, a reprint that is sought after, like you would have to kind of dangle it in front of people. Be like, "All right, it's been six years since Crayon Tiger's been reprinted. He's this this regional promo. Come and get it." <laughs> We're not yeah. sure why he's still good, but he is. So here, because why not? I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the problem of like, on the one hand, having these good promos could attract people. Because promos are meant to, like, attract people to the game or, like, certain events, but at the same time, it's like, if your player base is unhappy because these promos are really good and super expensive and it's hard to get their hands on, then you have the problem of people leaving the game or not wanting to invest in it because they feel like it's not worth it if every time a deck comes out, like, my deck is I spend all this money on this deck and then it's bad, and then they print out a card that's really good and helpful, but it's a promo, so I have to go track it down, and why am I still doing this? This costs so much time and effort. I'm going to stop playing Vanguard now. That seems like uh, two conflicting problems, because a good promo will attract people to that event or to that box, mm-hmm. but then afterward it ends up being like a, a detriment. Um, What I think they could do is uh, they could maybe, like, once a year, say, they they print a set of all the promos that have come out in the past year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the set. I don't know. Because, like, sometimes, and especially the problem of getting these into the English game, it's like, sometimes that, that will just end up, like, way too late to be relevant anymore. I feel like if they were going to do something like that, they'd have to have promo sets more often. Every six months? Every four yeah. months? What? Yeah. Like, at least every four months, I have, I would think. Hmm. And, you know, that raises... And that just kind of goes back to the problem of they print so many goddamn sets that it's impossible because power creep goes so fast. 
Well, we, we've already talked about this, where yeah. they should just slow the fuck down, all right? You don't yeah. need it every month. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID but, probably had some role to play there with they, they had to, like, stop yeah. for a bit and then throw everything at the wall at once. You heard it all before. Um, yeah. And then they somehow still managed to short print sets, despite all of these things. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> yeah. But... That just kind of leads back to that feeling of it's really like if you're looking at it from a financial perspective and just like how much you're willing to invest in the game, it makes it really hard to justify spending on Vanguard when the economy of it is so bad because decks are turning over every month. It's always expensive to get into the new thing. And at the same time, like when the deck when the rate of power creep is what it's at right now, it feels really bad to hold on to your old deck. That's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. How do you guys uh, see quote, investing in a uh, TCG? Like, what is your relationship to it? I am usually not, uh, like, I'm not, I don't mind like buying cards for a game, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's exactly my problem with it. Yeah. I think where it gets weird is that when you want the cards you buy, you like when people think about value, they end up just thinking like talking about monetary value a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But that's really not what just what it's about. Um, it's also about like how much fun value I'm gonna get out of the cards, right? If a game like stop, if people stop playing the game that you buy cards for, then it feels really bad, right? I mean, buddy fight players, right? Yeah, right. So basically, like the last set, we like when the last set came out, people already knew buddy fight was going away. So it's like, how much are you willing to buy pay for these cards exactly? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, probably not a lot. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at, too. It's like, you know, if if I want, you know, taking it to locals and having fun, but if it's just like every time there's like a major event going on and my deck has just been power crept out, it's like, feels really bad. I'd like, I'm not having fun with the game. It was like, I spent all this money to get it, and then I go oh, to play it, only for my deck to have just been immediately power creeped by the next set. And because, you know, sets come out every month, it's just like, okay, I go to locals, play, like, a couple of games with it, and suddenly my deck's irrelevant. Yay! I know there are uh, some decks of mine that are, like, either not up to scratch or just uh, I haven't bought the new cards yet. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, grand blue. Um, but... The way, like, the way I interact with this game most, aside from podcasting with you guys every week and having bad takes about Pale Moon on Twitter, is (laughs) playing with my friends. And my friends, although they'll, like, try their best and, you know, like, they're not gonna, you know, make, like, troll decks or whatever, they, they don't really care about getting the newest, hottest thing. So we have, like, kind of a... Okay, so in college, I didn't want to spend the time uh, 
practicing or trying to go out for the baseball team. So I made my own club where we just played pickup baseball games on weekends. And that was more fun to me because I didn't have to worry about all the time and stress that goes into like trying to go out for the baseball team. And that's kind of the way I see playing with my friends is we're not trying to win a regional here. It's like, this is my, you know, shitty thrown together Aquaforce deck. And this is my shitty thrown together Murakumo deck. And we're going to play it at my friend Dakota's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's okay with us. Like he, he does a cool thing in premium where it's like, what's that guy on the horse? And he, he gets like seven K and can attack from the back row. I don't remember. Okay, so he, like, shadow clones that thing and hits you for, like, 26 on turn three. It's crazy. Seems good. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's, like, at the same time, like, when people talk about, the, you know, like, the default uh, discussion uh, for, you know, the internet, I guess, is that when you talk about a card, you're talking, when you talk about, like, oh, this deck's good, they mean, like, good in a meta perspective, right? Right. So that's kind of the uh, it's kind of the difference, is that the default conversation is what is competitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just because that is the case with like stuff coming out there, that doesn't mean that you don't have to enjoy yourself in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just think that's something that's not really taken into consideration by a lot of people. Now, granted, not everybody is going to have their, like, have a group of friends that they can meet, and their only way to play with people is locals, in which case, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I guess that's the thing, where, like, if Bushiroad's business model was friendlier towards consumers, this wouldn't really affect you all that much, because you could still do the thing that you're doing, but it would make it easier for people who did want to play competitively... So I don't. So on the topic of promos, since that was the kind of like mm-hmm, lead-in, mm-hmm. uh, I don't mind promos if they're like pretty widely accessible. Like shop promos, I think are generally fine, uh, mm-hmm. as long as like shops are holding events, which mm-hmm. right now they're is not. not so fine. So <laughs> that that's not a huge deal. But like one reason I stopped playing a lot of like random Japanese card games, like we cross is the, probably the premier example of this is that I don't want to like, we cross not only has a bunch of obnoxious ass promos to obtain. They're also in Japan, which means like if anyone wants to play, we cross and you need, you know, your random promos for your deck, you have to all not only order them from Japan, you have to find these promos and get them from Japan. And it's just like, man, I really hate constant staple for our promos. And the problem with English, the problem with English Vanguard is we don't even know when we're getting them. Mm-hmm. And Lynn, look at me, Amaro, right? Look at when we finally got that. It was like forty dollars necessary for it, right? What was that thing again? Miyamaro? Yeah. The, uh, the one in Murkumo, the on attack, soul boss one, choose a unit, or it, him and all units of the same name as him get plus 5k? Oh, that one. Yeah. That one took forever. You were complaining about that for years. Yeah, yeah. And, oh. uh, you know, um, we we got it. It's like, what, a $40 promo? Yeah. That you, you needed to play Huga? I was like, yeah, okay, guy. Which... That kind of leads into the other thing, is that Bushiroad, as of late, has just kind of stopped doing reprints. 
Or, like, they're going about reprints in a very, like, weak way, because, you know, in G-Era, there was a trend for a little while where it's like, oh, the Thavos stride is, like, a million fucking dollars because it was a four of GR that needed copies of itself. Well, that, you know, you could, there was only, like, one of them per her set and so it was impossible to get and they were like okay let's just get like a rare print of this card and shove like four of them into a case which that was good or yeah um yeah i'm not like, sure that was a, why they stopped doing that yeah that was a trend that they had and again it's one of those things where like this would just make the game more accessible to people especially because they and that was another problem with investment, is, like, sometimes they will just randomly print archetype support, and other times they just won't. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the other point that James had, is just how inconsistent Bushiroad is. So, setting aside power creep and feeling like, okay, every time there's a new set, you know, my old one just slides out. It's like, even when your clan does get support, sometimes... They'll just pull a new archetype out of their butts and won't support the previous one. And so, you know, every time there's a new set, it's like, oh, well, this is irrelevant. Time to spend $100 on this exact same clan because none of my old cards are usable anymore. Definitely kind of sucks. Yeah, and... Especially because they're so inconsistent about it. Like, recently, the current set that's coming out, the Narukami, suddenly decided to support Eradicator, and you do kind of need Gauntlet Buster, but they didn't reprint Gauntlet Buster, so now it's 40 bucks. They made, like, and, a like a discount Gauntlet Buster, kind of? Yeah. Um, which it's like, they could have just why, reprinted it. Yeah, why couldn't you just make a rare print of Gauntlet Buster and shove four of them in a case? But how will they, uh... Yeah. Yeah, and this is a case of, like, this isn't even preventing them from selling sets, because Gauntlet Buster is from this ancient set that's not in print anymore, and I imagine if Descendant was good, then everyone would be like, oh, well, you want to play it with Gauntlet Buster? Hey, Gauntlet Buster is also in this set, so they're gonna buy more of that set. Right. Yeah, and then there's other times where with Dragonic Vanquisher Full Bronto, they essentially printed a version of Vanquisher that doesn't need the original Vanquisher, and it's like, well, what do I have this this $30 card for, then? I don't think and, it invalidates Vanquisher itself, does it? I mean, it's really hard to synergize original oh. Vanquisher with Full Bronto, so it's the kind of thing, like, you might play it, but I question whether or not you should. But it's that kind of thing where, like, hey, here's Vanquisher support, and it's not, like, the old one is not as good anymore, so this, like, set of $120 that you paid for to get four copies is now just kind of sitting there. And, you know, I, part of that is just the nature of Vanguard because of this clan, the clan system that we have. It's very hard for cards to retain their value because, like, Hey, a new set come out. Did it support this specific archetype? No. I guess it's just gonna keep sitting there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, right. there might be people like uh, like Chris who kept his Divine Gauge stuff, 
mm-hmm. and then now they get a, a a nice little like injection there with the uh, Idrisil and um, yeah, what's her face? Uh, the girl with the water pot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I guess comparing it to something like Yu-Gi-Oh, and I can't believe I have to cite Yu-Gi-Oh as a positive example. You have you have your staple generic cards like any search cards like hand traps like ash blossom i don't know if that card's still relevant but I, like i believe it is don't yeah but that, ca- that but that's the thing right that card's been around for literal years now and it's still relevant so if you paid a hundred dollars at some point for a set of it and you're still using it now i'd say that kept its value pretty well and then you know you have the various pot cards that let you draw into your deck and Assuming Konami doesn't just randomly ban that card, it's going to retain value even if the specific monsters you're using are different now. Ash Blossom um, has been reprinted five times, so it's been printed yeah. six total times. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing, is Konami has recently gotten the habit of actually reprinting staple cards that cost $100. I mean, Jeez. granted, I know they were in a... a pattern for a while there where they would reprint something and then immediately hit it on the ban list mm-hmm. so you're like okay yeah. whatever i don't know if they kept doing that i just remember that being a thing for a time yeah and also like there are also generic monsters that you could use so again even if certain specific cards change you still have all these generic staples like eh, you know like 60 percent of my deck is still all these expensive cards that I paid for years ago. Oh, it feels pretty good. Good, right? Whereas Vanguard is just, like, cycling through decks over and over again, and part of that is just this podcast. We need to make content, so... I have been experimenting with more decks, but I also just use Area. Fair enough. Right. The... (sighs) That's why I think... Premium is the better format with something like this, where you have cards that are staples in mm-hmm. the deck, no matter what it is. Um, your your strides, mo- you know, due to them stopping the strides, they're mostly the same uh, forever. And you see more of the deck during a, da- a game because you have you know cards that go through the deck quicker. Mm-hmm. So I think that is what is. I, I like that better <laughs> than mm-hmm. in standard where you, you you know you're just gonna have to like throw the deck yeah. out every time there's a a new wave of support. Awesome. Um, out of curiosity, it, how has Magic been on things like this? Uh, well, Magic usually doesn't have like staple promos that are not in any set. Mm. Firstly, they'll have like I mean, well. Up until The Walking Dead, uh, they didn't have, um, like, exclu- like exclusive promos to some, like, special thing. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess they did, but they were all silver-bordered, so they couldn't be played in events, or in, like, any, like, format people cared about. So you could play them, like, casually, and that's it. Gotcha. Um... So they're like all the alternates, like even the gods, even like the uh, Mecha Godzilla cards that they came out with like a while ago, um, yeah. had like ex- equivalent cards in the set that they came along with. Mm-hmm. So like they just don't do that. They've done it once, or maybe twice, but the, and those cards are like huge EGH cards and they're like pretty expensive, but they have yeah. eventually been reprinted. 
One of them is called Mana Crypt. They originally made it as a, I don't remember, it was a promo for something. And they made it a book promo. I don't remember if, I don't remember uh, which was first. But it ended up being a book promo at some point. So you had to buy a book that came with this card. And it was the only way to get that card. But that's, as far as I know, the last time they did that. Mm-hmm. Minus Walking Dead, of course. And, well, Magic has a rotation, so I'm not sure about the value argument on that point. Well, Ma- Magic also has older formats that people actually play. Hmm. So, so on the issue of, like, it feels bad investing into Magic, how do you feel on that? I don't think it feels bad at all. Uh, okay. In fact, there are people who literally do that constantly. Hmm. And we'll get very mad when they reprint things that they shouldn't reprint, which is why the whole reservalist argument keeps happening. <laughs> In fact, there are people who just sit on dual lands because they know they'll go up. Like, there are people who have infinite dollars of magic, basically. And just mm-hmm. refuse to move off anything, which is a different problem. But, different but related problem, I suppose. <laughs> so I think yeah. magic is ends up being too safe. <laughs> <laughs> Too safe, like it's too it's it's too safe in the sense that people are willing to invest on it, even if it means some people can't play the game. Oh, oh, like money wise, that's what you mean by yeah, too yeah, safe. yeah. Got it. Okay. So yeah, but I've never really felt too bad about Magic. I usually, you know, you usually get a pretty decent return. It's I think Magic was, at, you know, for a lot was just the cheapest card game because you could always just sell back uh, cards that you uh, that you bought. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to play this card anymore, I'll just sell it. Even cards that rotate don't necessarily lose all their value. Mm. See, I still think it's weird that we're looking at a card game in a way that, like, people are using it like an actual investment. Like, stocks exist. Mm-hmm. Why would you, like, I, I, I understand the irony in saying, oh, why are you investing your money in paper when stocks are also uh, paper? But it's something that is so unstable and has a small market compared to uh, stocks, which are pretty much anybody in a stock market. So why even look at it in a way where you're like, I'm going to do this as a way of like making money. It's not really something, unless you're a card shop which deals in selling boxes and singles and stuff like that. If you're just doing it, I'm going to sell stuff out of my binder. It doesn't really seem like it's worth it most of the time. Solemn Vanguard sold, sold his whole collection, except for the decks he has, because he was just kind of over it. And I might be alone in this, but I just... I think viewing it as a hobby will make it easier on your brain when it comes to sinking money into it, because yeah. inevitably... But that's the thing, is, like, the the point we've been trying to get at is even investing in it for fun value doesn't feel particularly good right now with how Bushiroad handles things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My only answer to that is go premium. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was talking to uh, Commander Jaime about this today, where he was like, this will probably get more people to come to premium. I'm like, yeah... You would, except there's this thing where it's really hard to explain to people. Hey, you know that uh, stack of cardboard that costs you money that you're not having very much fun with? If you spend just a little more money, you get just a little more cardboard and can play the fun format. (laughs) 
I believe they call that a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like magic, honestly. It's like, oh, this air sucks. Well, if you spend a little bit more money, P.S., it's not a little bit more at all, it's a lot more. Uh, you can play this other format, which is more fun, and then that format becomes an unfun, and you're like, well, if you spend even more money, you can play the other format that's even more fun. And then that format turns more fun. And you're like, well, standard rotated, so it's, what standard's fun again. So you should spend more money and play the new standard. <laughs> that would be funny. Well, is standard only during certain months of the year? No, no, like no, it's, no, all... no, no. it's pretty. It's, you can play standard all the time. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was like a kind of thing where you're like, all right, it's winter time, time for standard or something. It used to be like that. There used to be like uh, seasons for like different pro tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it'd be like, oh well, next pro tour is extended, so like all the all the PTQs and GP, uh, and P- all like the PTQs and stuff will be extended, and then you'll have a, a standard season, and then you'll have you know a block constructed season for whatever God knows reason. Uh, but they've since done uh, did away with that, and it's pretty much all standard all the time. Gotcha. Um, well. We were we've been tiptoeing around it the whole time, but uh, I think we should talk about this uh, announced two sets that they have. Uh, They're come making out with. more fighters collections. I can hardly believe it. A standard fighters collection. Yeah. Well, first off, it involves Chaos Breaker Dragon, which immediately made like literally. You can ask one of my coworkers. I was I had it up on my computer when I heard about it, and from across the room, you what? Like. <laughs> Yeah, they're calling it Clan Selection Plus now, so... But it's basically a fighter's collection. They're going to be introducing, like, new bot... They're going to have three cards for each clan, and they're splitting it into two different sets. And I think it's, like, a reprint, which I believe they've already confirmed are going to be the draw PGs, and then, like, some new support cards. So... This is good. Um, it's a step. Know, it is a step. Um, I think that it doesn't. It shouldn't have necessarily been the draw PG for every clan, mm-hmm. but I can sort of understand the onus behind it. They're like everyone needs PGs. Yeah. Why not make them the draw ones? Um, maybe it's been a while for a lot of clans. Uh, I like that they split it into two so that you can. Uh, have more cards per clan because usually for stuff like this it was just two mm-hmm. um, before now it's three which is really right. nice yes yeah and I like this format of doing things because one of the pro- the other problems with Vanguard being the way it is is because all the clans are now isolated into their own or they're all separate from each other it's hard to balance support so Having this kind of fighter collection come out, you know, three cards can be quite significant for a deck, especially in standard format, where you don't have to think about your main deck and your extra deck. Mm-hmm. I think that was always a problem I found with the G era fighter collection is, you know, you release a stride and it's like, well, okay, the stride is for metal borgs. I don't have that deck. I guess I have to go spend $100 on a main deck to use this card. You know. Mm-hmm. Whereas these, because standard, you just have to worry about the main deck. If it's just like, okay, I just need these three cards and then a couple of generic staples, then it's a lot easier to build a clan around, build a deck around whatever support comes out. Mm-hmm. 
And let's just hope they don't introduce random archetype bullshit, because they're printing a whole lot of limit break bosses, which is kind of annoying. Or worrying. But that's well, that doesn't paranoid. necessarily mean that they're gonna... I yeah. just really hope they don't bring back ceaseless locking from... <laughs> we'll see. I'm... Like, it's funny. Like, looking at this, my first concern was like, wait, so we have, like, Dauntless and At Ashley. Like, please don't make random archetype support. There's only three cards in the set. Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, that, that I... won't stop him. That won't stop him from printing three more no-sale cards. <laughs> I, I think they I'm ran out of no-sale cards, didn't they? I'm surprised they didn't, they didn't print a, a grade one no-sale. It's good the last time. They couldn't do it again. Well, no, the, the grade one no-sale they made into the drop EG. Right. Which is oh, that's right. Real, yeah. That's why you didn't see it in the in the upcoming set. That that, that set review is going to be fucking funny for you guys. Yeah. Um, you... <laughs> You have decided to nope out of it. No, it's not that I decided to nope out of it. It's that you ruined the surprise, damn it. It was just for fun because James has, like, he loves Angel Feather. Chris loves Genesis. I thought I would give them both a moment you to... You like me to suffering. <laughs> yeah. You're you're telling Matt to be alone with Chris and James talking endlessly. Well, you're, well, you're going to be there, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I already wrote, like, an entire paragraph about Full Bronto in our her roundups, which are usually two sentences. Uh, Patreon.com slash Nexus. Okay, sorry. Um... <laughs> like, Matt's just gonna have to sit here and listen to us ramble about these cards for three hours while he has to deal with reading Gold Paladin. Oh, yeah, he's gonna be stuck with that for the whole episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you poor bastard! I'm sorry. Um, what do you mean it's gold paladin? Well, I mean, at least the stuff they got so far looks good. Um, Gurgrit's cool. Yeah, yeah. Gurgrit's really cool. Full Bronto is so fucking weird, and I still don't understand it. Maybe. Well, we, we we do have the rest of the set still, so could be a little bit. Could uh, you know Nexus mm -hmm. at Night be spoiling our own future episodes podcast? Maybe. Um, <laughs> we've seen, what's missing from the set we haven't seen yet? Uh, we I haven't think, seen like, Gavril. We haven't seen Gavril, and there's like two triple R's left or something like I'm that. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I forgot Gavril existed. <laughs> That's completely understandable. I just remember Gabe picking up Gavril because he's like, it sounds like Gabriel. I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. Says the guy who picked up Genesis because there's a card with Atlas in the name. Yeah, there's a Narukami Triple R. A Narukami Triple R and an Angel Feather Double R and that's it. And Gavriel. That's those are the only high rarity things left. It's not bad actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So perhaps there's a surprise left for Narukami, who knows? I can um, only hope so. In any case, uh, where were we exactly? Something about a set or fighter's collection thing? Yeah, the fighter. So, I like the idea generally. Like we're getting re, we're getting reprints of Sentinels, which is nice. They already got reprinted once before, but more copies of something that's definitely a staple and is always going to be nice to have is just good. 
And I think this is a way that they can balance the fact that they support clans very unevenly. I do wish they'd do this twice a year at least instead of just once. Here's hoping that they learn the lesson and we see another her set like this some around this time next year. I mean, they did do uh, Premium Collection 2020. And yeah. then this. Now, granted, one is meant for standard. It's just that you can use it in Premium. So that's mm-hmm. only in the case and of Premium. By premium assuming it's more Premium fun. doesn't just die because I, I've heard Japan doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Why is this split into two sets exactly? I think it's so... It's not like too much they're like released a month apart so it's not you're not waiting forever mm-hmm. but i think it's so for like cardstock sake because you can only include so many per box and per case yeah etc so it's i'm okay with because it's at least it's confirmed like okay the rest of the clans are getting something the next go around mm-hmm. and hope i would hope that they just design these two sets alongside each other so we don't run into the issue that Bushiroad always has where they print clan selection one and it's like kind of broken. And so clan selection two just power creeps it for no reason. Oh, the Gary Jeff problem. Yeah. I hope so too. My concern is that they'll print, um, the first one, right. Mm -hmm. And just never actually release the second one. Can you imagine? That would be some, that would just confirm Vanguard is a dead game. I would, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna laugh a lot if it happens, but I, I hope I'm wrong, but that would be something. I hope you're wrong, too, because almost all of the clans that I play are in that second set. I'm gonna be super pissed no, at you if that's what suck, happens. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you pissed <Yeah>. at me. <laughs> well, yeah, because you predicted it. You're, you're the secret, like, uh, wishing. Oh, yeah, my, my dad is John Boucherud. <laughs> my uncle works for Bo- Bushy Road. If it happens, we're officially a Digimon podcast. Oh god. Nice. I really <laughs> hope the game ju- doesn't die just because like that's how my friends and I hang out for the most part is playing yeah, this game. Yeah, you can hang out playing Digimon. <laughs> You're telling me your friends don't like Digimon? I mean, it's not so much that. I don't have the nostalgia factor for it and I never really like the aesthetic, so Mm-hmm. So you That's hate me, though. monsters, understood? Sure. Oh. I was just I was a Pokemon kid. That was it. Uh, apparently, Doctor O like teased the major announcement tomorrow, which would be wait on a Wednesday. For a time, the day this episode comes out. So who knows? Maybe this major announcement will completely invalidate this whole episode. Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> oh, that's been a thing before. That has definitely been a thing before. And before another bandless update. <laughs> no no guys we figured it out we were gonna ban even more cards on a semi-random basis that'll fix everything so i have um, an unrelated topic related to promos sure, so related okay. unrelated so remember that spikes promo we saw like uh, a couple weeks ago or maybe a week yep. ago or so the they slapped a cost on it. yeah they slapped a cost on it oh in order to get yeah. power you have to counter boss one soul boss one yeah and oh. originally it was free what when they announced the English version of the promo, it was free, and then they announced the Japanese release, and suddenly it costs something. Which is hyper unfortunate. Do you think they overcorrected a little bit? Counterblast, they soul always, blast? They always overcorrect spikes. <laughs> they could have just soul blasted or counterblasted. It would have been fine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, you, it has, you have to do both. And so the card is just not very good. Big oof. Well... That's uh, that's unfortunate, 
and uh, pour one out for Daddy Proof, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Proof in his Discord was like, well, there comes, there goes my return to Vanguard. <laughs> <laughs> or my return to Standard, I guess, you think he said. Because I think he's, I think there's still some premium shenanigans. Afoot. Yeah, I mean, also, he's got a kid, so. Yeah, I, yeah, he's super busy. Yeah. So, it is what it is. I just thought it was humorous. It yeah. was, it, it definitely is humorous. And it was, a, it was related to the topic at hand. But man, I freaking hate the way Japanese card games do promos. And I, I say I say Japanese card games because I've not seen English card games do this as much. Uh, and by English card games, I mean exactly magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, it, it looks like they're printing some of the promos for Digimon inside of the first, inside of one of the English sets. Uh-huh. So they're kind of like pre-solving the issue, at least for those promos. But I fully expect to be screwed by Digimon promos at some point or another. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the thing where Digimon is a more well-known franchise here, so they might be trying to be careful with it. Yeah. How does Pokemon's TCG handle promos? Um, they used to have a bunch of promos from random shit. Like, (laughs) there used to be, like, promos from, like, random magazines and whatnot. Like, I, I, the one I remember is uh, Team Galactic's Crobat. Mm-hmm. Was like a promo that you needed many that came from a magazine or something that you that was like super good at the time that you needed four of. It was like a basic crowbat that like dealt damage on play or something. So you needed that, and then it was just a bunch of it's like stuff like that. And then, but recently, most promos are like tin stuff, hmm. or like I I I don't remember I don't know if they've done promos that are like tropical beach levels of stupid mm-hmm. like tropical beach was a promo handed out at worlds that is um was very was very good in some decks but those decks are no longer good mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter but the card is like harder to find than magic dual lands and especially finding a play set of them is a big meme so pokemon has made some pretty huge promo errors but I don't mm-hmm. think, in general, they're as bad as, you know, uh, there's as many of them, or they're as necessary. Because mm-hmm. Pokemon has the funds to print shit into Oblivion, so. Yeah. I mean, they're, like, they've been grandfathered into, like, the Simpsons level of yeah. hyper-existence forever, so they can do whatever they want for the most part. They've defined the childhood for, you know, entire generation of people, so, you know. Yeah, and I guess coast for the bit. hope is that Digimon is in a similar place where it's this nostalgic franchise that is a toy that makes it uh i believe so yeah i could be wrong so in before i'm wrong uh (laughs) but they have just been desperately trying to resuscitate (laughs) digimon adventures for years now i mean it is that 20 year nostalgia cycle for digimon that people are going to try to hit Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, Pokemon like has constantly had it, which is kind of weird. Like, yeah. I think Pokemon games have kind of fallen off. I don't they find have. them enjoyable anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of don't care. But I know that a lot of people still, even now, really like Pokemon. Even people mm-hmm. who have played since, you know, forever. Or at least they well, have some kind of attachment. Well, because now you have people being like, all right, son of mine, I used to play this when I was a kid. Like... You can now pass it on to the next generation because it's still going. It's not like a case of your dad playing his records for you and like two of the band members are dead. It's it's been going strong this entire time, um, and w- like 
Vanguard is a game that's lasted almost 10 years. Yeah, about 10 years at this point, which is not common for a lot of TCGs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hate to see Boucherode screw it up. <laughs> yeah. More than they already have, anyway. I guess we'll have to see what Overdress brings. Yep. Whatever that is. And, we still have, yep. like, zero information on that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we won't get any until they're, like, yearly, until, like, they're, like, uh, by, like, yearly, or I think it's twice yearly uh, product stream. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So instead, we'll just know nothing until then. Yeah. Yep. But on the plus side, it's always nice to get, like, a nice injection of stuff to talk about on mm-hmm. those streams. It will definitely and... be that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think this is probably a good place to stop. Um, so thanks everybody for listening to the show. Uh, guys, where can people find you? You can find me, Matt, at Wiggums, two G's, two Z's on Twitter. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. And then you can find me at Atlas Novak, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or you can find the show at Nexus at Night in the same places. Uh, you can also find my other podcast at Bad Reading Pod, uh, or, if you would like to help support the show, you can uh, support us at patreon.com slash nexus at night. Uh, you can get stuff from, like, a weekly roundup to uh, sample deck lists to a whole other bonus show if you donate $5 or more a month. Uh, or you get shoutouts, uh, like Darren and Cole. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, and uh, tell us what you think on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, because we're usually pretty good about answering. Thanks for listening. I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everybody.